welcome to Marathon Swim Stories, where we explore the human side of the superhuman feats of endurance swimmers and those who support them. I'm marathon swimmer and coach Shannon Keegan. In today's episode, I caught up with Gia just a few weeks before she tackles 20 bridges around Manhattan. She told us a little bit about some of the swimming that she's been doing in various spots around South Korea, but we spent a big chunk of this episode exploring some of the inevitable feelings of doubt that crop up as your swim date starts getting closer and closer. And Gia gave me the option to cut some of those pieces out, and the more I thought about it, it was really raw and real and honest and this is the human side of the superhuman feats of endurance swimmers so it's all there and I encourage you before jumping to judgment to be curious about your own thoughts best of luck to Gia on her travels I hope that everything goes smoothly so that she's able to make it to the start of her swim on August 22nd. And then I hope we get to watch her swim all the way around Manhattan. I hope you enjoy this episode. Gia, how are you? Where are you in the world? And what's your swim date? It's coming up fast, isn't it? (laughs) Coming up so fast. So the swim date is Sunday, August 22nd. Okay. All right. And a couple of weeks out. <laughs> and I'm in Seoul, Korea, wow. in, which is in the northwest part of the country, whereas okay. I spent most of my time in the southeast. Okay. So, yeah, I'm here for a little over two weeks. And because I'm here for a short amount of time, I um, moved on up to some nice hotel. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. The last time I was in a rooftop, it was nice in its own way, but I was crouched in the dark and it <laughs> yeah. pretty fancy in the background. It does look fancy. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing for training these days? <laughs> but wait, yeah. maybe recap. Let's recap what you've done up until now, and then you can tell us what you're doing. Right okay. Now. Yeah. So in the last leg of my time in Busan, I was, um, and I really thought about this before I got on because I wasn't approaching things as training anymore because it was sort of like I was going back and forth, but I just swam every single chance that I could get. And as I told you, there was a time period when my shoulder started hurting and it hurt for a while. Mm. And then I kind of swam through it. Then I looked up all this stuff online and people were telling me, why don't you just go to a doctor and here (laughs) medical care is actually easy to get, but I didn't know who to go to. But then it did go away when I backed off of swimming. Hmm. So once I started creeping back up, that coincided with um, kind of over two weeks that I was in Heunde, which is kind of like a 1.5 kilometer long beach, which I didn't even really look up until it's almost kind of like I felt like a part of this was out of my control at this point. Um, Every decision led me to the place and to put myself next to the beach. And then beyond that, I sort of didn't see a productivity anymore in calculating things and thinking, okay, I have to hit this mark because I, I wasn't going to. But mm-hmm. it's nice to see that I probably swam um, five or six kilometers, maybe five or six times a week nice. um, in the wow. ocean. And sometimes it was really very kind of, <laughs> they have these lines set up that are farther out than they seem. Because from the hotel, I could see a little sliver of the ocean and I could see, oh, today's a frothy day or wow, today I can see to the bottom and it's really nice. Um, And so you're still above your head and but like the waves kind of break right there. And at first I thought, this is Um, why don't I just go beyond the line and or the and just swim right next to the line or something like that. And sometimes the lifeguards. It also depends. There's so many of them and they station them in the water. They even have these guards in these thick old school wetsuits just fry, just sitting there. Wow. And some them, yeah. Some of them actually mutter under their breath and they're like, you can do it. Like, keep going. And others <laughs> are like, 
get back in and don't go where your feet don't touch. It's just, they, they have different ideas of mm. what to do. Um, but uh, yeah, so I was swimming right there. And when I started thinking, this is no way to swim. Sometimes when the waves were, then I thought this is kind of what the battery will be like and what the Hudson will be like. And um, it's definitely, actually, I was glad to have that. And it made me think of a lot of swimmers in the community who talk about, I like when it's sporty out because yeah. you feel almost like the water is doing things for you and mm. moving you into rhythm. I sense that for the first time ever truly where I was kind of like this is this makes me feel like I'm really out there swimming you know nice yeah yeah, yeah. and I, I mean your background is a lot of pool lab swimming right so it's good to that, have some good extended time in the ocean it's yeah the other two major swimming things that I did before I got to Hyundai, I went to this area called Ulsan which is kind of like an hour north of Busan, but it takes so long to get there without a car. And um, it's just because you have to take a train, then a local bus that comes once every 45 minutes. Oh, wow. That whole week, it was what they call Changma. And it's kind of like a monsoon season. Mm. So it was just raining every day. And I preferred that because honestly, the sun was gone. And I went. A lot of people who don't know the area were like, it's just an industrial city where they... Mm. It's just, I don't know if you're going to find a nice place, but they had the nicest beach and there was a swim group. Oh, that, wow. Yeah. But I found on Instagram and I only got on Instagram. That was a part of the reason to look for Korean hashtags. And one lady who actually wrote back to me early on, I think I talked about her. I never ended up meeting with her. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. There was another beach called um, Songdo, which was south in the southern end of Busan. So I swam there many times also. And I didn't really post it a lot on social media because there I actually swam out farther because mm -hmm. they have these fixtures in the ocean that at first I thought those are so cheesy. But once I was swimming, I was like, this is awesome for open water swimmers because you really are out there, but you can um, just see to the next big structure. Mm -hmm. And so you don't have to fight very much. Huh. Um, but I'm realizing I'm kind of going off on tangents, but it reminded me of the main spots where I've been swimming. Mm -hmm. So as the season kicked up, so here summer is really, June is a great time because to us that's summer, mm. but nobody's vacationing till mid to late July. Oh, um, Yeah, Korea is very tight about its vacations. If people get vacation, it's really all crowded into this one, impacted in the worst, rainiest, <laughs> hottest most miserable times of the year oh geez uh, yeah and I noticed that and I remarked upon that to some Korean people and they just cackled you know <laughs> they totally um get it but there so what happened is the season kicked up is then the lines came out and it was interesting because I remember thinking wow I thought that Korean beaches were going to be so restrictive but I can just go out there and no one cares but then came the lifeguards and then came um all this other stuff and this big boat that I think it's this big red boat that looks inflated, but it's not, it's like a mm -hmm. real metal humongous. It looks like a mini tanker, but huh. it moves like a torpedo. It's just awful it <laughs> so fast. And it'll, it'll go between those statues. Cause I remember seeing the statues and being like, well, no boat is going to come in here, but I would see this thing. And it was sporadic. That was the worst part. It would just any time. And sometimes when people weren't there and it was crappy weather, the guy who runs the boat would just go joy riding by himself, just on a whim. Oh, so, yeah. okay. So yeah. and just unsafe boat boating activity. Then so. I swam along the line also there and yeah. it gets deep really fast, but it's really clear. Hmm, so there cool. I also did something similar where maybe I was swimming two to three miles, not three to four. Um, a few times a week and that was mm -hmm. when my shoulder was still kind of weird unfortunately mm -hmm. and then one of the last times I swam there there was just kind of trash in the water like plastic you know what I mean like junk food yeah. wrappers and it made me feel really and the water wasn't clear anymore and the lifeguards were blowing their whistles mm -hmm. so and that was kind of the last time that I 
um, swam there. So I felt like, oh, the season for that um, place is over. And I met groups there, or I encountered groups. So there would be groups of people, they'd have their wetsuits and snorkels and not, uh, what else, fins on with all their equipment. And they weren't very um, o- open or friendly. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I would definitely stop in my tracks and be like, hello, hello, like, how are you? And they would just say like, at best, some people didn't stop. Maybe they didn't hear me. But once on one occasion, two people did stop. And the looks on their faces just looked like, who who are (laughs) you? You're weird, you know? Um, And so I told this other group that. So now the other group was the opposite. And I really am sorry I didn't meet the woman who... Because yeah, we can't think we'd have to meet. Yeah. Yeah. Then I would see a social media post where she's like, I'm here, you know, and I think she probably would say the same of me, like, oh, now she's on this random <laughs> island. I took a lot of side trips too. So then when I got to this um Usan group, there were like, I don't know, 30 people who only knew each other through swimming. And huh. they meet every day at 5:50 a.m. Wow. Um, so the first day I put myself right on the, their pictures, in their pictures, there's a tiny, I don't know if you'd call it an isthmus, isthmus, yeah. <laughs> but um, kind of the, there's a big river that empties into the ocean on one side. And then on the other side is the beach. And then there's a tiny sliver of sand. It just looks fake. And then mm. there's there's a cute little island with bursting with vegetation and right at the doorway of right before the island, there's this octagonal building that is the lifeguards building. Okay. (laughs) And lifeguards here are sort of almost like a blend of coast guards, 911. In fact, they call themselves 119 and 119 is 911 in Korea. Okay. So they're specially trained water rescue. It's this whole other tribe of people, but their station is there. So in the pictures, I would see that structure in the island. And I thought, this is, I have to go. That looks so out, outlandish and different. So I got a hotel right there. And so mm-hmm. I finally told the guy, I was like, I'm, I'm here, I'm coming. I'm gonna spend three days there. And my plan was, okay, I'm working overnight. And I have trouble, I've had trouble sleeping in the day because guess what? I end up doing stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so I thought this is perfect because everyone's telling me Ursan is just kind of like a industrial place where people just go to work. Hmm. So all these people work and I will work through the night, swim and then sleep because I won't yeah. have anything to do. Right. And it uh-huh. didn't exactly work out. <laughs> Yeah, because even the first day. So I remember I was wrapping up work and the sun was coming up and I heard my voice. It, it was just like, Chongjia, Chongjia, <laughs> like shouting in Korean my name. And I looked out the balcony and he's there waving like, come on. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, so they'll do these stretches. And these folks I'd say are in mostly in their 40s and 50s. Um, and they're people who have kids they're working people and every single day they don't take a break which I think is so the name of their group stands for the first syllable of um people crazy for swimming Mm -hmm. and it's a word kind of stronger than crazy maybe like lunatics for swimming or they really um it reminded me the most that vibe of the the swimming scene that I know, like the swimming community mm-hmm. where it just is people's lives. It's changed mm-hmm. people's lives. People have met each other just because of it. Um, and especially with coronavirus and traveling mostly alone and being back and forth, that was one of the main times on this whole trip where I just felt like, oh my God, I suddenly met 30 people organically because thanks to swimming. Thanks in- to swimming, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And they were all, later we laughed. So I was saying how I couldn't sleep. So after maybe the second morning that I swam, um, the, the wife of one of the main guys who coordinates everyone texted me and she was just, I, and I was lying down. It, by then it was 11. 
yeah. which is already late because we get out of the water at like I don't know eight or um and I was lying down and and she just said oh I'll come by and get you at 11. <laughs> so you told I, them you couldn't sleep and they're like okay we'll give you something to do then. <laughs> I told them that because I did tell everybody that I was working overnight and they were like oh wow but I think to Koreans, they're just like, okay, but we're going to do this. other thing. <laughs> um, So she said some time freed up at work that I didn't expect. So I'll just come and get you. And at first I didn't read it that way. Then I was like, wait, you're coming to get me. So she brought me to this. She brought me all around. Wow. And then we got back at 4 PM and she was like, well, rest up and I will too. And I'll come back at six. <laughs> I'll come back at six and get you for dinner. And then so what happened was we went out to dinner and then people were having drinks. And that was maybe the one time that I've had a, a truly social time. Wow. And, and then I, I logged back onto work. And, oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, so you're pretty sleep deprived after that week. <laughs> yeah, I was sleep deprived. But some, once you get in the water, many times I've thought this is really not the way to, I mean, like, this is a little extreme and mm -hmm. it can't be too good for my health. But then once I got in the water, I would just feel so great, you know? Yeah. Um, and I extended that trip by one day. Um, so I just didn't even want to leave, yeah, you know? That sounds pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. And so even at that point, my, um, I don't know if I'd say my shoulder was hurting, mm. But I was fearful that it would hurt, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, so that was like a huge boost of something. Just yeah. Um, so that was another main place that I trained. Did and you do then, any when your when your shoulder was bothering you? Were you doing any kind of like preventative stretching or exercises or anything to kind of help with that? I think or? stretching. Period. And I just mm -hmm. became so aware of it, which at first didn't help. Mm -hmm. I thought um, in my stroke, I'm a big believer of repetition causes a lot of this stuff. Totally. And, so yeah. and, and said, quick increases in mileage also. Yeah. Oh, I believe <laughs> me. I got an earful from like Janine. And she also said, welcome to 40. Cause I will <laughs> on September 9th. And then I'm still sort of like, I, that goes in through one ear and it goes so far, but then I'm like, what am I going to do? You know, which I'm sure is frustrating to people who know better. Um, but it, it started working at first. I felt like I was just relearning to swim and I thought, this is a joke. What am I doing? But actually it started turning around when you, in that quick email, you were like, just remember, make sure when you're pulling that your arm is under you. Mm -hmm. and makes a big difference. I, it made almost all the difference because yeah. instead of thinking of other parts of the stroke and how to, how you should be, mm -hmm. it just, for me, it, that, that kind of resolved everything else. Good. Yeah. When, Remember that. <laughs> and it made me realize how unbalanced, how truly unbalanced I am in um, how I do it and how much more confidently and strongly I'll extend my right and what's weird is I think it comes from fear of pain or some kind of like a physical fear that mm. that I and I've talked to several people about about this like Jennifer Snyder and she said she does it I think even Bridget Hobart said she does something similar where she has to consciously like she doesn't open up as much on her left side mm. um, but what's funny is that only hurts you more yeah. Um, and I found that when I made sure to get to a point where I could extend my left arm properly mm -hmm. when I'm supposed to be gliding, mm -hmm. it felt good. Yeah. It feels like you're stretching. Yeah. And another thing is um, there's Lynn Anderson who swims a lot with John Hughes. She's kind of like in the triathlete, triathlete swimmers community. Mm -hmm. but once when we were camping on Lake George and swimming out there, she mentioned there's a point in the stroke where you you really actually have to relax mm. and oddly that's something I just felt intuitively when I started doing more backstroke this is years ago 
where it's like you feel this point where any amount of pulling isn't actually helping. It's sort of like when they teach people to fall, stunt people to fall. If you're all locked up, you'll just hurt yourself more. Mm -hmm. And it, to me, it feels it's counterintuitive, but I think it's been really mental for me where I'm like, okay, um, in this swim, my thoughts will be really minimal, I think, or thoughts will run through, but any mantra is really, it's really going to be keep your arm under you and rotate your body instead of pulling your arm yeah. and um, <laughs> make sure not to have like a floppy wrist. Cause I have this yeah. weird thing where my arm is just floppy yeah. and it's just like that. It's going to get snapped around in the, in the waters. Yeah. Um, I gave cue when I did Tahoe back in July, I, my crew had a uh, cues for every feed and all uh-huh. just different physical like stroke cues but it was it was perfect because you know your mind kind of wanders whatever but it, w- it was helping me like recenter every time back to your stroke and it, um i find it to be extremely helpful <laughs> awesome. and congratulations by the way oh, thanks. you know i just see all these big swims happening and it's it's, it's just really this, yeah everyone's getting back out there <laughs> yeah yeah i just see. see that and i can feel it even from far away you know mm-hmm. it's just very great yeah um, yours is coming up so um so what was you said you were about to tell me I think about another before I interrupted you for your preventative anything but what other uh were the other places you were swimming before Seoul there was um one other place so I went to kind of a landlocked city called uh Gwangju mm-hmm. and the whole thing with that um was in in addition to swimming I was I've been just looking into my dad's history because I'm trying to write about his story. And he had this best friend and that friend, we just lost his contact information. So this whole time I've also been looking for him. So I went down there to go on live radio. They have kind of a commuter radio station. And I looked up, there's this one pool where that was actually the site of the 2019 FINA championships. Mm. So I knew there was a gigantic pool at uh, Nambu University. And it's weird because you can look online, but it's really not reliable, not even on their website. Hmm. And day to day things have been changing here, actually. So I didn't know if they'd be open. Um, And I texted with this newspaper editor who I was also going to meet with. And he was like, I think things are closed now. for some reason, I took my swimming stuff out of my, because the last time I had been in Gwangju, I brought all my swim stuff, like it weighs so much, but I mean, <laughs> I brought the stuff and definitely didn't have any opportunity to swim. Mm-hmm. So I just took out my swim stuff, which is the <laughs> dumbest thing. And it's <laughs> always like, have your swim too. <laughs> like you don't bring an umbrella, then it definitely rains. And yeah, that's yeah. exactly what happened. Because the that early morning, I woke up at five and I got there at by eight a.m. or something. And right there was an early morning text from him. And he's like, "Actually, I called for you once it was, you know, business hours, and they they are open." So I thought, "Oh my god, I don't even care what I buy." I, <laughs> my mind started racing. I was like, "Can I go in my underwear? Do I have underwear that I can? Can you believe that?" And there's um, actually a swimming store. So in, on the map, it did say there's a swimming store there, like a college swim store. Mm-hmm. So I can't believe my luck. This is perfect because I'm going to have to also get goggles and a cap. But when I went to the site of the map, um, it wasn't there. And there are just these oh, no. students who look, college students look like they're 12. And they're <laughs> cigarettes. I was like, where's the, you know, is there swimming? They definitely don't look like they've ever swum at all, (laughs) but they knew they were just like, well, I think it's, it's actually in the pool where the pool is. Oh, interesting. So I got to this pool and it was so hot. I can't explain. Maybe I can explain because you, I know that the Pacific Northwest had some freak heat wave and New York city has been hot but it's it's this humid heat also so humid and the my I was wearing this cotton dress kind of it was tr- actually drenched you know how people say sweat, <laughs> but I could have wrung it out it was scary. <laughs> wow yeah I was getting scared and my hair looked wet and I just looked in just absolutely in a bad condition 
And finally, I found this huge complex, aquatic complex. It looks like, like a ball game stadium. Like, oh, wow. It it just from, it's kind of like, and it doesn't really have windows. Uh Uh, And I thought, okay, I can, I can take a left and go up this ramp or I can take a right. And unfortunately, I took a left and it was weird because I could just smell wafts of chlorine and hear little splashing yeah. but I was, I was looking and I couldn't really they were kind of semi windows like little slivers of glass and I thought I could see water and um but then when I went around the back there's just absolutely nothing and just a huge dead parking lot with one gigantic tour bus and the oh, bus wow. sleeping in the luggage hole <laughs> it was just like napping and then the storm clouds were brewing, but it teased rain, but it never actually rained. Oh, wow. But it was just, I was like, this is crazy. And I came all the way around and I thought, am I seriously going to give up? I mean, I'm here right. open, but I really was going to give up because by that time I just was like, this is not happening. I don't know how to get in here. And I think I went to this rail. And I just was like, oh. <laughs> and then I looked and I just saw people going in and out and it was <laughs> downstairs full circle from when I started had I I taken a right instead yeah um, and it was pretty lively it wasn't crowded in a sense of it it felt safe but people were using it Mm -hmm. and I found the swim shop which is (laughs) like the swim shop and made friends with the lady and um one thing I appreciated about her is I think I don't know if it's unique to Korea, but I really looked, you know, she could have treated me differently. You know, mm-hmm. she could have just been like, but of course I bought up a bunch of stuff at her store mm-hmm. and I went swimming. Um, but it, it was the only time in the summer, the first time that I got into a swimming pool. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have the um, buoyancy of the salt water. Oh, mm-hmm. And it was, it didn't make a difference to me. I, I didn't feel heavy or anything. If anything, it was, amazing to be in actually structured place yeah um, where I could and it's 25 meters not yards Mm -hmm. which actually I think is a big difference so I swam there for a while didn't count and I went back again I found my dad's best friend so yeah that's right that's so cool crazy and then I came back and swam again um and I extended my stay one more hotel night so I've done crazy things like that where I get to a point where someone else would just be like, well, it's not worth paying. I don't even want to say how much I had to pay for a suit that contains polyurethane. <laughs> I found out later. Yeah. It was like, when you put this on, make sure you lather with hot water and soap first so you can get it on. But it, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> it wasn't that bad. Um, but, or so when I went to the pool the second time, I just arrived right at the point where they just have cleaning for an hour. Oh, wow. Jeez. I sat there and I was like, no, I'm not going to just, and I even begged them. I said, let me just swim until that happens. So I seriously swam nine minutes. I swam. Oh no. And so then I came out and I was going to be like, that's that, you know, what are you going to do? Spend another night in a hotel and just, but I, I did do that. And I'm glad I did. And that day I swam over 4K in the pool. Nice. Um, wow. Yeah. And that was a confidence booster for me. For most people attempting a swim like this, it would be a regular workout. But for me to be able to count, it just made me feel a lot better. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't have a lot of um, shoulder pain during or after. Good. And the whole time I was thinking about the stroke so it was a huge um confidence booster where I actually felt like I worked out mm-hmm. which is a little actually it makes sense now saying it since I didn't count or calculate um because it's not like I wasn't working out when I was in the water in right. out in the open water yeah but this made me feel like oh I have been doing something yeah it yeah. makes sense yeah yeah like that all that stuff counted where to me it felt almost like frolicking but I was mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I could see, I see, I see like your, with your path, like having come from being a pool swimmer, like kind of reassessing from a foundation that you're familiar. Mm -hmm. So that was the other major swim experience. 
then when I came back, um, I came back to the ocean front and then swam there pretty regularly. Cause at first I thought, oh, I'll swim um, in other places. I thought there might be jellyfish or trash and, but it was just great to be able to swim there. Nice. Only, mm-hmm. Yeah. To the end of my time. There. So. Cool. I feel like I want a map of Korea with like all of the oh, little yeah. dots for all of the places that you swam so I can put it on your journey page. <laughs> oh, I, I should really do that. And I really, kind of neat. Yeah, I thought of people so much and I thought I really want people to know these places at the same time. Yeah, I, I want I wanted others to be able to enjoy it. I thought about my swim friends a lot and how mm-hmm. I be in this place. I think Korea is like um, really, really underrated for not just for its nature, but for its swimming opportunities. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely mm-hmm. a swimming country. Um, it's just, I can't even explain. The, the water was actually really cold. That's another thing. It was, mm. I think it was 62. Mm, nice. Until, Sounds refreshing to me right now. <laughs> yeah. But it was definitely kind of, not that I didn't enjoy getting into it, but kind of you have to sort of think it's going to be cold. When right. Get in. Right. Yeah. yeah I got to get going. Yeah. And yeah, it takes a minute to like get comfortable on 62. Yeah. Like after that side trip, I got back and it was late afternoon. By the time I unpacked everything, the sun was even starting to go down. I think it was 6 p.m. or something. And but I could see outside and the water looked really good. Mm-hmm. But I had maybe a couple of hours to go before work oh, or geez. three hours. So I could have, that should have been when I slept. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember thinking it's right there. <laughs> and so when I walked in, the water was suddenly like 74. Oh, wow. Yeah. It went from consistently being 62. So I thought, oh, it's just going to be like this. And because it had been hot all that time too, mm-hmm. and it just went to this other level. So when I went, went in with that feeling of like, you know, just mm-hmm. and then it was just mild. I think that did, yeah, it was so comfortable, almost warm, mm-hmm. and then the sun was setting, and it was so clear that even as the water got into that dark, dark teal color, I could still see the ridges in the sand. Wow! Yeah, yeah. I mean. And, and that's, those are the times when I'm like, oh, I wish someone else was here. So I can just like, share. Off of, yeah, so you can yeah. share. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I just swam until the sun actually set and it was dark. It was just so nice. That sounds um, cool. Yeah. So that was another turning point in um, swimming alone. Because really, I have been mostly out there just by myself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so now you're in Seoul yeah. <laughs> for, the, for the next two weeks, you said, till you leave? Um, yeah, even maybe a little under two weeks at this okay. point. I yeah. leave on the, um, yep, I leave on the 16th. Okay, yeah. So when, when I first got here, all the pools, here they have these famous riverside pools that I really wanted to see. And with that too, they didn't really have clear up-to-date information. So I walked in this intense heat that's even more than before because it's like urban heat. Oh, yeah, I walked yeah. over the huge river and went and the pool was just all dried out. It was just the most <gasps> depressing thing because oh, coronavirus geez. has ticked up a bit. Yeah. And then my cousin called this other pool, the Olympic Stadium pool from the mm-hmm. 1988 Olympics. And he said, oh, only members can go there. I might still show up in person. Mm-hmm. And because you never know and be like, I'll pay whatever for a one-time fee. But that's when I started getting a little bit like, okay, I'm, I, I guess I'm just not going to go in water at all mm-hmm. until two days before my swim. I, I just was taking that in. Right. And because of that, it provoked me to run. And um, I made kind of an oversharing post that maybe I may delete after it's been scene and you know whatever because I don't know if it really belongs up there but um I hate running and I think I've said that I hate it so much and it but it felt good so I was 
going over the river and when there are things to kind of like a river I mean a bridge cross mm-hmm. felt kind of cool but I alternated between feeling like hey I'm actually working out and this is actually it's really good for my body um with these weird thoughts there's an actual voice and the reason this has never happened to me before it was a big revelation is that I would only have the feelings but it was um self-criticism but this time I heard it as like a voice um when people say voice I thought it was kind of metaphorical um it was halfway between an actual voice but like actual words being said if that makes sense instead of thoughts and feelings but it it was just like you pose or like actual words oh wow like this weird stream that I hadn't felt or had happened to me so it really Hmm. kind of blindsided me and I think it was everything I've been trying to deny which is I'm probably insufficient I am insufficiently prepared for this by other people's standards but what about your standards who cares about other people exactly but at the same time yeah I realized oh um I'm also human so I guess I do care what people think and what's crazy is a lot of people probably aren't thinking about maybe they'll be um my friends maybe pulling for me and um stuff like that but day to day I'm the one who's thinking about it right like nobody's Mm -hmm. there really they have better things to do than to assess my chances and uh something that I did want to talk about that I think is really real though is like that nobody wants to admit um is well first it was in terms of like I was projecting it onto others and these are mythical others they're not specific people right okay I was like oh if I make it I'll get all the you know outpouring and whatever and then if I don't people will be happy like there will be like a shot in shot in fruit Mm -hmm. right yeah and then I thought where is that coming from yeah um and I realized this is really hard to admit um but that I think all people have a little bit of that maybe but then I thought or do I have it and Mm -hmm. I had to question that I was but it's not anything specific but just kind of like I think if people dnf it makes me feel better about myself Hmm. you know like that oh, they're human too. Like they can as well. And it's, um, and also there is an element of when it comes down to it, we're all at the mercy of nature, you know? Mm -hmm. So then I thought, oh my God, maybe nobody thinks this way and people only root for each other. But I've also heard the way people talk about each other, not necessarily um, saying bad things about people, but just sort of sizing people up and being like, they're not really, you know, prepared. And it's, mm. I think that sort of, I made a leap from that kind of thing that I've seen in the competitive areas of this community to me, that people are doing that about me. Hmm. Um, but then I thought, no, they're not. Cause mm-hmm. like, I'm not even in that league and no one is probably out there doing that. And also it shouldn't matter. So it was really like, um, it's also every other aspect of my life. Um, just feeling like I always bite off more than I can chew. Mm-hmm. And then I just try to get away with it. And yeah. so there's a lot of like these thoughts of like, you don't deserve it. And right. I think it's because of that, that I felt like, oh, if I don't make it, everyone's just going to be like, you know, they may, might not say it to my face, but this everyone is going to be like, she's ridiculous like what did she expect you know Mm -hmm. like what did she expect doing um and a few times people have said to me over the past two years that I've been planning to do this um is there a reason why you're doing it now like Mm -hmm. it's always going to be there like the river this um do you do you have to do it before and then I said like oh it's because my one vanity is I want to do it before I'm 40 Mm -hmm. or but the real reason is um, time won't be there yet. Yeah. And that's so real to me. Whereas to someone else, they're like, yeah, but really think about um, giving yourself the best chance possible and going mm-hmm. into it, like being 110% sure 
you're gonna that you're as trained as you can be that you're as mm-hmm. ready but wait until you're you don't have all this other stuff going on but I thought about it I was like I may never not have I may never be living in a way that is more focused and right. um, and there's people that are more focused whatever yeah. focus is but like that train a whole bunch and then they'll still get pulled because of like you said there's natural circumstances I don't know I I mean I appreciate all of your um, introspection on the topic it's very near and dear to my heart (laughs) but um but I uh I I I would encourage you to listen to Andy Trescott's story which I think just came Mm -hmm. out last week and Graham slacked her (laughs) which was last year um, and there's other ones too. Um, those are the two that jumped to my top of my head, but it, mm-hmm. um, I think it, it, for me and my swimming, especially I felt like this year going into Tahoe, I, I was having all the same thoughts, like where, why, who do I think I am? And I don't, uh, yeah, I think that's natural getting closer and closer to the date. But I, what I really started to do was to trust the process that I used um, because I had done all the things that I could do and that were in my power. And I knew that the day that was my swim day, I was going to do the best that I could. Mm-hmm. And I was, and I, and the other thing I guess I try to do is, is not let myself envision the, the quitting you envision the finishing. And if you mm-hmm. hold on to that, I feel like you can push through. Yeah. Just about anything. It, yeah. But if you start letting yourself be like, oh, what would it be like if I got on the boat? And I've seen that before, or, you know, you start to see yourself, then you're totally out of luck. But there's, yeah, there, it's such a mental game. There's, I feel like there's people yeah. that are super trained and they can still get stuck in a bad place and get out in the middle of a swim. And there's people yeah. that can be super well-trained and they can try to physically push through and still get pulled because of mother right. nature, hyperthermia or whatever. So I right. guess at the end of the day, just trust that the process that you've put in yeah. is going to be the process that carries you to see it through to completion. Yeah. Thank you. And all the other, and especially, I just really looked at that, that voice and those thoughts and looked at the extra stuff in there that mm-hmm. isn't normal, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Like um, that part of you don't deserve it. And those things, not all people think that way. Okay. And this is something I've worked through with my therapist. And somewhere along the line, I won't get too much into it, but I definitely, you know, my coping mechanisms or the way that I uh, work apparently is to kind of like throw myself under the bus and make it into a normative judgment where it's like, mm. you didn't suffer enough. You didn't do enough. You didn't, mm, right. you weren't um, type A enough, or mm-hmm. you didn't prioritize your time manage. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's easy for everyone else to, and, and they mean well, but to say, Hey, it's about time management. You know, like you can't have everything. And are you going to do this or this today? Are you going to, mm-hmm. but like, um, ultimately I did try my best kind of, I engineered this whole thing mm-hmm. and took advantage of the situations where someone else might be like, I'm not going um, right. to go to the year that I go to Korea. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Gonna, so I swam in all these places. I met all these people and I pretty much did prioritize swimming over other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and now it's coming crashing down because I do need to do work, put, raise the lever up a little bit on stuff like my master's project mm-hmm. and things like that. But um, the thing that I was most on my mind was swimming because it was the most enjoyable, frankly. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, it comes back down to kind of, I don't want to calculate this, especially not the swim because I'm out there to, it's, first of all, it's a privilege and it's yeah. a choice and I paid for it. And mm-hmm. it's just kind of like, I'm going to, I don't see myself quitting. I never did. So that's mm-hmm. one thing I have on my side. Yeah. I'll, I don't, I don't see myself quitting because mm-hmm. there's no reason I'll just go through it. You know, mm-hmm. I got the time model from Rondi and it's really going to be like a 10 and a half hour swim. And I think there's some w- wiggle room built in there because she's really a genius of modeling. And I think she knows that there needs to be some sort of like give in the schedule, I mm-hmm. think. And I didn't even ask her because I was like, what's the point? Cause she's a genius and she calculated this. It's not like she can change the tides at this point. Like, this <laughs> is just going to happen to me mm-hmm. and I'm going to go through it. 
So, um, but I, I thought about, I don't know how to phrase this, but when I was having those dark thoughts, um, I thought about kind of like why I swim mm-hmm. and the real core of it is to stop time. Mm, because, yeah. And I never thought of it that way. You know, um, I hate the passing of time. <laughs> I'm uh, afraid of aging. I'm always putting off thoughts of the fact that we're all going to die. Like, um, yeah. And I, once I realized that, I was like, well, you're going to get it. Like, you're going to get to stop time and all this other noise. And you only have to do one thing. Yeah. There's just for God's sake, like there's only, you only have to do one thing for yeah. a while. And, um, and I heard you say you like that one thing too, yeah. <laughs> which is a huge yeah. bonus yeah. to reflect back on yeah. that time. Like I, I, and I love being in the water and it's yeah. sometimes it's good to just remind yourself that in the middle of like, but I love this. <laughs> yeah. And then I started getting even uh, prematurely sad about it, which is also not normal and it's unproductive but I started thinking um I already feel like it's set in motion Mm, Um, as the clock starts ticking down Mm -hmm. it's like um it's the event is already happening you know what I'm (laughs) because it's already starting to be over (laughs) yeah so that made me feel a lot more um whole about the experience Mm -hmm. and connected because people would say even up till three weeks ago like how are you feeling uh, and I didn't feel anything almost in denial of like, I just signed up for this really two years ago. Um, and now I'm starting to definitely have feelings. And so that negative stuff, all that, I'm glad that happened to me because it was kind of like, I realized I have to really meditate on some stuff going mm-hmm. into this. Mm-hmm. Whereas I thought I didn't cause I was a little diso- disassociated. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And a part of it is, is being far away and yeah, um, having been far away from the time that I signed up for this and um, whatever. So I'm, I'm starting to connect more and try to manage these um, feelings mm-hmm. and thoughts. Yeah. That's kind of where, where I'm at. It's a little intense, but yeah. Yeah. So with less than two weeks left and then travel day, what do you, what do you have in store? Anything? Are you on your taper or just going to do what you can or walk or run or what? Well, one thing is I found a pool yesterday, Awesome. which is I went to some other out of the way place and then came back and I don't know if I smelled chlorine or <laughs> but I saw a sign. And it was really an advertisement. So a lot of places are closed, but I went downstairs and I, I, I heard them saying, they were like, oh, well, you have to purchase a month, um, even if I only have half a month. Or, and it just all went, I was like, yes, yes, I'll do it. Because there's no other, it's in a convenient spot. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't even really know what I paid because <laughs> I'm going to do this. And normally I'm not like that. Of course, mm-hmm. I'll realize I'm not in the financial condition to just be like, oh, I don't care how much it costs, but I, I don't at this point because um, what a relief because I'm supposed to be tapering, but I also thought today as I was swimming, there is a, probably my biggest year was 2017. And I did a Bridget Hobart's 10.5 mile Seneca Lake swim immediately the week before the 12 mile swim around Charleston. Mm. And that felt like the the lake swim really prepared me mm, yeah um, so there's no real rhyme or reason and I was like I need to be in the water yeah whereas maybe some people might not I don't know people have different ways of tapering absolutely yeah but I had gotten to a point where I'm like it's not okay it's not okay to not be in water for the last two plus weeks before this yeah. swim. not okay and thank goodness I found this pool yeah, it's great. I swimming, I don't know if it's that it's hot out or maybe I need to concentrate on hydrating more, but I just felt like not cramped, but so- sore. And, but it reminded me of when I did um, stage four. Mm-hmm. Afterwards, I asked Ed Riley, who I met on that swim. And I said, do you ever feel like right when you jump in, you just already feel sore? And 
And he was like, all the time. So I remembered that and I pushed past it a little bit. I'm talking yeah. like a hundred yards. And then I felt okay. Yeah. But that, that indicated to me, like, yeah, you really needed to make sure to find some way to be in water. So I'm really, really yeah. lucky. Yeah. yeah, I'm so lucky I found that pool because I couldn't have found one if I tried at this right. point because a lot yeah. of things have shut down. Yeah. 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 I think sleep getting, that was my big thing before Tahoe was like trying to find a way to sleep as much as I could. Yeah, yeah. But I've had, I guess, going back to the water, lack of water comment, I've ha- had a year where I had a year, uh, one month before in search of memory, I ruptured my eardrum. I wasn't able to get in the water. They recommended staying about? out. What's that? How did it come How about? It was just like a summer cold that like turned, <laughs> gone wrong. Um, Yeah. So, uh, yeah, just like the congestion just ended up uh-huh. in my eardrum. So I, a friend of mine had a Vasa that they passed on. So I was able to like, at least do swimming motions, but that wasn't the same as being in the water. Like after, I think after two weeks I had some, I got some good earplugs and I just to touch the water, but I, I guess I, one thing I think this year was interesting just in that kind of like the recovery thing is like after Tahoe, I had like less 12 days before border buster and and I didn't have a chance to get in the water just between traveling and yeah, just the yeah. way everything was ha- panning out for me, which is my point being that when I got into border buster, I felt okay for a little while, but I got tight so fast and it was so uncomfortable. Oh. And then I like, couldn't feel, I didn't feel like I could ever, like I, I ended up getting through and being fine, but it yeah. was just interesting how I really felt like, Oh my God, I wish I would have just stretched out a couple times <laughs> between. And I didn't do much of anything. I just like, I just, anyway. So I think, I think being in the water, being able to touch the water, feel the water um, and focusing on, you know, keeping that arm under your body. So your shoulders yeah. aren't hurting, but I don't like I wouldn't get, do distance so much now so much as just right. whatever feels good and then trying to get rest rest yeah. your body yeah. um speaking of priorities competing priorities and stuff for <laughs> I think maybe I slept five hours the night before that's pretty good and then um I took a quick nap before this and I could swim from 6 a.m to like 8 a.m or something and then uh head to a cousin's Place to visit and then we're going to go to the seaside up here um, for the first time for me um, or I could just be like I'll swim when I get there but then I'm thinking about stuff like but I paid I paid yeah. <laughs> and I never regret going in the water which is also true right but I think maybe I'll sleep you know idea. what I mean um I <laughs> Because I, I, when you get that raw feeling yes. where like your insides are rubbing around on each yeah. other, yeah. you know what I mean? That's like, totally exhausted. You yeah. Like you feel the back of your eyeballs burning. burning. <laughs> yeah. Like you feel like your cells are burning or sometimes that your eyes are so inculcated to being open that you can't even shut them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's kind of how I've gotten to feeling. And it's not um, just because I can just because even if I swim, uh, when in swim laps, I would feel good. I'd end up feeling good feel great, both yep. mentally and physically, but somewhere it, it's not ideal for the body at this point, yeah. kind of like playing with fire. Like maybe yeah. I could get away with it. Also, I got really tight a couple of days ago. Just my back was feeling like, um, and, and so I thought I need yoga now. But when I started <laughs> doing it, my just my nerves are firing it didn't feel good so I was like just stop stop right like don't have this idea in your head like I must I must do this tonight and funny thing the next day I tried the very next day and it was fine and then it was productive to do yoga yeah so just I don't know like listening to the body is something people say but (laughs) I'm starting to just really like at this point, it, it, what a, it, it's a hard line to manage, right? Because it's like you need to push yourself, but you also need to know when to, when you're not being productive after all, right? right. Absolutely. Hearing. I think, it. yeah, there's listening to your body and then there's hearing it. <laughs> if that's to be distinguished. Yeah. I heard my body. <laughs> that's like, good. 
this? What are you doing? And I would have pushed, the old me would have just pushed yeah. through. Yeah. But then I was like, what if I pull my back or do something yeah. weird? Yeah. Or the other time. thing with not getting enough rest is like, you're, you know, like you don't want to get sick at this point either. So like, like, like your immune system yeah. kind of goes lower when I, that's how I feel too. I'm like pump up on vitamin C and stuff leading into especially travel <laughs> rest as much as you can. I didn't even think about that. <laughs> it's real. <laughs> it's really happening yeah. everywhere. So yeah. Well, you need to take care of yourself and hear your body talking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And thanks. Cause I feel like I've been just motor melting through this whole thing, but All good. Um, I had a lot to, I'm thankful for this series because <laughs> from my end, it's like a very therapeutic, I don't know what it's going to be like for people listening. Um, especially what I said about like these complicated feelings about I think we all have them. I think even people who, uh, I don't know, I think we all have them. And I feel like it gets worse and worse and worse going into the being there. I remember asking Cindy, like, right before we're about to touch down, I'm like, all I have to do is swim, right? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Like, like, I need someone to remind me, like, that's all Mm -hmm. you have to do. But it just like that. I don't know. Like I felt seemingly fine, but it's like, like it builds and builds and builds. And then you're just like, Oh, what am I doing? What was I thinking? Why is this a good idea? (laughs) What are people going to think? And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. You're doing it for you. I think that's probably the most important thing to remember. Yeah. And that part of me that makes me look really small, but I decided to just show that part of me because that's like a very important thing to just face, which is what I said about like in relation to others, how, and I don't know if this is true of other people, because it's not like, even if I ask people point blank, do you have these feelings too? They don't have to share that they do, which is that feeling of like, if someone, when you're rooting for somebody, but then they don't make it, it's yeah. not that you're pleased, but it's it's kind of like retrospectively analyzing it and just calibrating it to, selfishly towards your own chances of you know what I mean or Mm -hmm. or just being like where did they go wrong and just kind of like the the herd mentality right of like if um yeah I don't know I don't know exactly what I'm trying to say but maybe some people will maybe it'll resound with some people and with others they'll be like wow Gia's like a bit I uh yeah (laughs) I feel like I know what you're I, I I I know what you mean, I feel like, but I don't know. Uh, but yeah, but I guess at the end of the day, it's not productive for me to try to think what uh, someone else would think if I didn't finish. So I just put right. that all out of my and head. I'm thinking it. I, I can almost guarantee, I know after working through those thoughts, absolutely no one is doing that. Yeah. And I'm lucky because I have so many people who are actually supporting me instead of actively discouraging me, which is what... Um, others might do and just be like you can't but maybe that's just that voice you know maybe I am prepared it's just very strange this is strange yeah strange endeavor that we all and that we all put ourselves in this situation on purpose can you believe it (laughs) it's a little little extreme and that's sinking in right like the enormity of yes what I'm trying to do because it's um easy to get your perspective skewed um, and I've heard people say, oh, Manhattan's easy and Ronnie makes it so that you'll definitely finish. And it just sounds like it makes it it's like this is not easy. It's not. Well, it's not done until it's done. So you still yeah, got to go, it, go it, out it, there and do it. It's not going to be easy. like it's nope. going to be a huge, big deal, especially for me, like being a slower swimmer who's kind of like a hobbyist who went too far. Um, yeah, like it's going to be okay. It's yeah. okay. You're going to do great. Thank you. <laughs> I can't wait to find out. Yeah, well, I, I wish know. you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like you're going to talk yourself out of it before you would get before anything else. Yeah. So don't talk yourself out of it. But I think I you're on the right track. Because, um, it does just, it feel it does feel like a coin toss, you know, and I think that's what provoked, but I won't be quitting. So, and that's the one consistent thing. That's um, good. Yeah, so we'll start. (laughs) We'll see what happens, but either way, I'll be thankful. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. that's awesome. 
Well, good luck on August 22nd. Well, first of all, safe travels and enjoy your local pool and maybe the seaside and whatever else you get up to for your last few 12 days in Korea. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Have you heard of the Intrepid Water Accountability Group? We'll support and encourage each other on a private chat platform, pursue monthly challenges both in the water and on land, and meet virtually once a month to dive deep on a topic. If you'd like to join a group of like-minded limit pushers from around the globe, join the Intrepid Water Accountability Group. Find out more at intrepidwater.com.